Coming up on today's show. It seemed like the thing to do was to go where I had some family, which was my brother Charlie was living down in L.A. I moved down and uh, it was I did a, like a month at a time. You know, just told myself I'm staying for a month. Started booking shows everywhere that I could and ended up staying a lot longer than a month. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Be sure you are on the list for the weekly e-newsletter. I know we put in our email address online somewhere because of some free something that we want to get, and we know they're going to put us on their mailing list. And man, sometimes it just gets so annoying with how much that person then proceeds to overwhelm you with nonsense. I'm happy to report that I only send out on Wednesday when a new episode of this show comes out. So make sure you're signed up to receive that for free, by the way, to your inbox. If you're not already getting it, go to my podcast website, nhte.net, and pop your email address into the sign-up box. I do publish exclusives in there from time to time, so don't miss out. I love hearing from listeners of the show. You can write to podcast at nhte.net or instead of email you are welcome to dm me through the at now hear this entertainment instagram account joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from los angeles my guest is a singer songwriter multi-instrumentalist video director and record label owner whose newest album was just released early last month Previous successes include breaking into Billboard's Top 40 with her debut release and then hitting number one on the Billboard Blues chart with her sophomore album. She even had one of her songs featured in Pixar's feature film Cars 3. All throughout this and next month, she is on a tour that will see her do 14 shows throughout eight states. She has over 372,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, where her top five songs have a combined total of more than 40 million streams. And she has a combined total of more than 55 million video views on her official YouTube channel. You've been hearing a song of hers called Forget About Us? Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, ZZ Ward. Hi, thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. Let's start off first by having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Forget About Us, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics. Yeah. um, Yeah, so this is a song from my new album, Dirty Shine. And uh, it's a song that I I, I started out writing by myself at my house. Um, And then I went in with... um, uh, a production duo, Mark and Ian, and um, they've done a couple songs with me and uh, recorded it and produced it with them. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting song. I think there's a key change where it goes from a minor verse to a major chorus. So it's one of those mm-hmm. songs which are uh, not always super common, but they're out there. And uh, yeah, I remember I remember sharing that with my 
husband and uh, collaborator Evan Bogart when I first wrote it. I was like, do we we like this? Is this cool going from a minor to a major? And he was like, this is awesome. He like loved it. Um, so that gave me the confidence to finish the song and then and go in and, and produce it and put it on the album. So, yeah. Okay, a couple of follow-up questions. Number one, since I was talking over it and we didn't get to play the whole thing, just what is the message, what is the song about since the l- listeners couldn't hear the lyrics clearly? Yeah, I mean, it's basically about moving on from a relationship where somebody has treated you uh, unfairly. Um, I actually wrote it about... Um, sometimes I am so... Uh, connected to the people that are close to me in my lives, I'll in my life I'll end up writing a song about what they're going through. And so this was actually written about uh, a good dear friend of mine that was going through a relationship, um, and they were being treated, uh, you know, uh, unfairly. And mm. uh, I was just so overtaken by the emotions that I felt <laughs> for them and what they must be going through. So I kind of wrote it. I put it in my perspective, um, and that's where it came from. Do you tell this friend, hey, I'm writing this song, or are you okay with it? What does that look like? No, I think that the people that are usually very close to me, I um, I think <laughs> for the most part, I, I make it, I kind of generalize things so that somebody doesn't feel too picked on or mm. too called out and something. Most people I think that I've written songs about probably don't know ah. that the songs are about them. I will say that I have I do have a song that has somebody's name in it though that that's pretty obvious. <laughs> well, but I was smiling as you were saying that though because I thought she's going to say the people that I'm closest with know that our conversations, our friendships, our relationship are fair game or something I might make a song out of. No, I think that I'm very I'm very loyal and also I'm very trustworthy, so I think that usually it's something that I try to, you know, kind of kind of hide within a song for the Mm. most part so getting back to the part where you said you started the song by yourself and then you brought it to your collaborators is that because you got to a point where you went "Ooh, boy i think i need help with this or is it no i had the idea i wanted to get it down i knew i would collaborate with them though i wasn't planning to do it 100 percent as a solo write no i wrote it i wrote it by myself um and then i took it in uh with uh mark and ian and I'm sure if they felt that they should change parts of it, um, that they they would have. Um, it, it ended up, you know, I mean, every writer is different. Every producer is different when you bring something to them, you know, um, and what and what they, um, you know, what they feel like their their time is invested into a song is uh, should should be. Um, but they, you know, what they I, I wrote it as a, a piano vocal. And if you listen to it as a finished song, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot more than just a piano vocal going on. So, um, and, and that was them, you know, I mean, as far as one of my favorite things that they did with the production of that song was, uh, which I had nothing to do with was, uh, was the end of the, the end of the choruses where it gets extremely powerful and it just like rocks out. And it was like, Whoa, I remember the first time I heard that I was like, this is so unusual and so cool. Um, they do it on every chorus, and that was all them. So, you know, they're brilliant. 
Well, and let's face it, admittedly, when you're bringing it to them, you don't want them to be a bunch of yes men. You do want them to be able to say, hey, what if we try this here? Or I was thinking maybe this part here, and they suggest something differently. That's why you're going to them. It's not so they can say, yay, every song you do is great. I mean, you're you're accomplished as an, a writer. You're accomplished as an artist. You have thick skin. You know people are going to bring things to the song because they want to help you improve it, not just for the sake of... I have a change. Let's try this. Well, no, let's hear the rationale behind the change. Exactly. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the new album called Dirty Shine, which was just released last month on September 8th, to be exact. Before we get into the behind the scenes of the making of the album, talk first about what Dirty Shine means and it being something of a mission statement for you. Yeah, Dirty Shine is kind of something that my fans came up with. Um, when I first started putting out music professionally, I mean, I was, you know, kind of blending genres together. Uh, no one could quite put their finger on what genre I was. Um, a lot of influences in the blues uh, and, you know, just a blonde girl wearing a fedora playing a harmonica was kind of kind of strange, I guess, at the time, uh, a little um, out of place. And so Dirty Shine just kind of became this phrase that my fans and I kind of connected with that kind of means like being who you are, um, authentically you, and shining while you do it. So a little dirty around the edges, but, you know, letting your unique self kind of shine through. So that's kind of where Dirty Shine came from. And over the years and uh, becoming an independent artist um, from being on a record label for about 10 years, uh, when it came to naming this album, it just it just felt natural. It just felt like that I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. It just it was like it was a title that we had, you know, a phrase that we had always used when it came to my music. So, well, and I love the description that you just gave because it came so naturally for you to explain it to me and my audience. You said it as though either you've answered this question tons and tons of times, and or you're just so at peace with it that it sounds like Dirty Shine very much is embracing what you have become, as you mentioned, progressing from being with a label. Let's dig into the actual album itself now. Wow, 14 songs and a who's who of award-winning producers as well as frequent collaborators of yours. Over what period of time was this project done? Where was it recorded? Let's hear all those details. Yeah, I mean, it was done over a, a long amount of time, a long amount of time, mostly because this is a collection of songs that uh, were unreleased from things that I really wanted to put out and, and finally really had the opportunity to put out um, over the years. And it's also um, a collection of songs that are newer and written um, after becoming an independent artist. So um, it's kind of just like this new freedom that I have as far as, you know, I can put out whatever I want now. I can, you know, I... I have so much freedom to keep putting out music a lot more frequently than I ever have before. So as far as the timeline of when these songs were conceived, it's a very long, long timeline. Um, but I think that they fit very well in a body of work together. Does it matter to you when you come up with this has to be called Dirty Shine? Do you at any point look at the song list and say, well... This song doesn't really fit that theme, though. Or am I maybe overthinking it? And it's like, look, Bruce, <laughs> these are what I knew the songs were going to be on this album, and this is what I knew the title of the album was going to be. They don't all have to match up to the theme. I think at this point in my career, 
Um, I think the hardest part in your career is really the sophomore album because I feel like, you know, especially if you had a successful first album, there's a lot of like people, um, a lot of opinions out there, a lot of pressure, um, and, you know, just on what you should do next. I think that's a very hard point for an artist. Um, at this point in my artistry, I'm not as precious. I think that for me, I won't, I, I, I mean, like a song has to be great for me to even take it in and produce it with a producer. So I have a certain bar set for everything that like, it has to be amazing to me. I have to really believe in the music that I'm creating. But once it gets to that point, um, I'm not super precious about it because I think at this point, like there are fans that will, people will connect with songs. Others will connect with other songs. Some people won't like certain songs and, uh, I'm not going to please everybody. Um, and it's really all over the board. I don't, I don't think I've ever, especially with a new album, a lot of people like different songs on the album. It's not like I have once when I ask my, my following, what's your favorite? It's not like everybody's like this, this one, you know? Mm. <laughs> so that's kind of nice, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Although I want to clarify for us, does this mean that when I say every song is written by you, I don't mean a solo, right? But, are there any songs that you will put on the album that were not written by you that somebody, somehow the song got to you and you said, you know what, I love this song. I want to cut this song. It doesn't matter that I didn't write it. Or is it, no, that's one rule I do have. I have to have a hand in writing anything that goes on an album that has my name on it. No, uh, I don't necessarily feel like it has to have my name on it. I, I think more or less like, you know, I've definitely had, you know, songs, you know, like, you know, people suggest a song for me that's like, maybe I didn't write, that's like, oh, this could be a great pop song for you. But that's a lot harder to sell me on because I'm kind of like, well, you don't know that that song is going to really work for me. And if I'm not like emotionally invested in that song, mm. that doesn't feel right. You know, like it would have to be something that was like, I mean, look, like Dolly Parton wrote, I will always love you and gave it to Whitney Houston. Like mm. if, if I got a song like that, that I was like, what, this song is amazing. <laughs> like, then like, I don't care if I wrote it or not, but it just depends. Like it depends the context. I think that like, that like someone's sharing it with you for, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. This is really cool. You are making what I am told are quote, ambitious mini movies for your songs with your filmmaker brother. Mm-hmm. My brother. Yeah. Adam William Ward. It was an independent movie and TV show producer and director and actor. And he's been doing this uh, on his own, just kind of taking his dreams into his own hands and really executing things on his own for like years. And so when I kind of turned around and became an independent artist, I went to him and I was like, Hey, I was like, you want to make some music videos with me? Like, you know, how do we, how do we do this? And he, he kind of, you know, I'm, I grew up in the same way that he did. So I'm like, I'm a hustler. I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I used to sell my CDs on, on, you know, in parking lots and, and play guitar on street corners with my guitar case open, uh, book shows anywhere I could. So it's not something that's foreign to me, but he kind of showed me, you know, you know, he helps me put the crew, the crew together and like great creatively 
helps me kind of conceptualize the videos and stuff. And then he's so amazing behind the camera. I mean, I love watching him work and he's an amazing actor and he can, he works with me and, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we've had a, an awesome time. It's been such a blast um, doing these music videos and I hope people really dig them, you know? So. I think when we hear mini movie in the context of having to do with being a music video, our minds automatically go to the trendsetter, which was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm -hmm. That video was well over 13 minutes long. Mm -hmm. When you and your brother talk about mini movies for your songs, mm -hmm. do you have kind of a running time in mind, meaning, hey, let's try to land somewhere between five, six, seven minutes. Hey, let's try to land 10, 11, 12. Or is it, you know what, it just comes out the way it needs to come out? Well, we try to cater to the song. So if the song's generally three minutes, we try to cater to the song. I mean, the only one that wasn't catered to the song was the newest one, which was the album trailer, which was kind of like a movie trailer set to songs from the album. Uh, that was kind of at our own discretion as far as like how long we wanted to make that. But I don't know. I just, I, we just get really passionate about these mini movies and we have fun. Like the ride or die one, it's like, I'm like the female John Wick and it's a continuation of Baby Don't where, you know, me and my me and my boyfriend, it's like, you know, me and him against the world, Bonnie and Clyde. So we, we just, we have a lot of fun, you know, it's like why I've done so many music videos in the past that are just me singing too. Mm. So I've done that and I, and there's something to that. Some people really enjoy those, but for me, it's, I, I can do so much more with it. So I think that's what we try to do with these. These mini movies, are you shooting them there in the greater Los Angeles area or I'm not going to say all across the country, but in other words, no, we're not limiting ourselves to just here. No, we're, we're limiting ourselves to here because I'm, I'm independent. So for me to like go anywhere else, it's probably just going to cost more money. <laughs> so, so, um, usually staying, you know, close to home and trying to figure out how to do everything kind of and keep costs down is, is, is half the battle. And I say that and, and I'm open about that because it's, it's the truth. And I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to like, to hide that, you know, I mean, that's, that's something to be proud of as an independent artist. It's not easy doing that. And you have to be really ambitious and, and uh, you can't just, you have to be really clever with how you, how you find things and how you make it work for these videos. Yeah. And I think I was picturing something like, well, I'm doing a show in New Orleans on a Thursday and then Saturday night I'm playing in Dallas. So maybe on Friday we find somewhere in between. That's a cool set for a, a mini movie music video, but I get it. You know, it's like, well, as long as we're home and everything is here, why not do it in our backyard? Yeah, well, because I like that idea, but I'd have to get a crew out there. Uh, <laughs> so, that 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 costs money. It's different, you know. If like my band's out somewhere, they're already there. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's a little that's a little different, but yeah. Yeah, great point. Yeah, just great being point. real with you. That's how it goes. <laughs> so, speaking of some really neat initiatives, I read that every morning you chat with your community directly. Is that true? And if so, through what means? Are we talking about Facebook Live, Instagram Live? Is it YouTube, TikTok? How and when and where are you connecting with your fans each day? So I'm connecting with everybody on Discord. It's oh. um, something that I just kind of got hit to uh, this year. And it's it's really cool. There's, I mean, I will tell you, as much as I am on other social media um, things, I'm, I'm on Discord in a more personal way. Um, I know it's new for some people to get over there and chat, but it's basically like a chat 
room. It's like a chat room because um, we all know what those are and we all did that, you know, over the last 20, 15 years. It's basically like a chat room. It's nothing new, but it's all, you know, it's whatever group you have of people. And so all my followers can join and, yeah, I chat with them every day. Um, and I know people by name. <laughs> mm. And uh, when they come out to the shows, like, I know who they are. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a way to get, to really get a lot more, um, personal with, um, you know, with an artist. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I have a, it's called house of dirty shine and yeah, I'm on there every day talking to people. Yeah. This is interesting because before, and I knew I was going to be asking you this question, but before when you were saying that your fans aren't all saying this one song, everyone's saying the same one is my favorite. They're giving you varied feedback on varied songs. So it does make me wonder, you know, what these conversations on Discord are like. You know, are they asking you questions that you're answering? Are you looking for input, say, maybe set list wise or what they'd like to see in terms of social media content on the other platforms? And, and it sounds like maybe that could be where you're hearing from them about these different songs that they like or prefer. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's honestly like, it's more personal than that, to be honest. It's more mm. like everyday talk. Like they have, they love music and primarily they love my music and they, and that's why they're there. But like, also like, we're not going to talk about music and like what inspired a song every day. I mean, half the time we're like talking about the weather, or we're talking about like a product on Amazon, or we're talking about how the tour is going or you know, they're running contests in there where people do like trivia night and like I and I participate in the trivia night and they'll be like <laughs> guessing things like, you know, like like who cameoed on this song and what year was this done and like what was the influence? Like it's really cool. Like it's it's that's what I that's what I mean. Like it's not just about music. It's like yeah really a way in this day and age to get much closer to to your favorite artist. Yeah, exactly. Because then when they come and see you after a show and you look at them in the eye and you say, Maria, my gosh, how is your mom doing? Yeah. They go, oh my yeah, gosh, exactly. she knows who I am. She remembered about my mother. And it's like, yeah, of course. Like, so you're saying like, that's the kind of conversation that we're having on Discord. Like I, if you're, if your mom is in the hospital, like who cares about my latest album? Like, tell me how she's doing. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of how I am as a person, Any, anyways, you know, I'm pretty real. So I think that it's kind of nice, because I think when you're on a label for so much time, you're so judged to kind of be um, kind of elusive. And, mm. you know, you think about, you think about when, you know, like the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and, and you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, it's a different time. I mean, it's not that time anymore. It's like, it's, it's just you have to kind of like, change with with music and with what's going on in the industry and it's just you know i mean you can connect with your fans so much more you have all those opportunities to do it so yeah. why not well said well said and so on a related note you also are not only a mother but now for the second time a mom-to-be how big of an adjustment mm -hmm. has all of this been in terms of wanting to just throw everything, I'm sure, into being a mother, but also having to do so at a time when you have launched your own record label and gone all indie? Um, you know, it, it has its it has its up its ups and downs. I mean it's a it's a fight, I, you know, to do what I'm doing. It's not like it's not always a walk in the park. Um but I'm it makes me even more proud that I'm doing it though. Because I think that like it's inspiring, you know, to to people it's hopefully going to be inspiring to my kids 
that, you know, mommy was a hustler, you know, mommy followed her dreams. And it's like, um, and that's just, and I like the balance of it too. I mean, I think that you, you have to have balance in your life. I love being a mother and I love music. I, and neither one of those things uh, like uh, will change how much I love the other thing. <laughs> like I have a fire in me for creating music and being on stage and that feels amazing. And I also uh, love being a mom. So it's just trying to like find what that balance is and also having people around you that can help you and support you like my family. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Los Angeles by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, video director, and record label owner ZZ Ward. Check out her official website at zzward.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Once you land there, you'll be able to see all her upcoming live shows as well as check out her merchandise. Plus, there are lots of links there to follow ZZ on social media meaning Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. You heard her talking about her brand new album called Dirty Shine. On ZZWard.com, look for the logos, the links, to purchase downloads of that, as well as her extensive back catalog from Apple Music. Yes, she is on Spotify, so do give her a follow on there, but don't just stream it. Help support ZZ by purchasing her music. Today, I want to tell you another great feature of the OWL app. I talk about it every week on the podcast, and each Monday at the end of what I write, I always invite readers of my weekly blog to call me on there. Remember, this is not a sponsor. They're not paying me to talk about them. I just find so much value in connecting with people through there that I want you to get the same benefit. Anyway, when you decide to put yourself live on OWL, and as I said recently, it's not a live broadcast, like, say, Facebook or Instagram, for example. It's you basically showing other users that you're online and ready to take calls. You can set it for as long or as short as you're going to be available. Sometimes that'll be two or three or four hours. The other day, I put myself live for just 45 minutes. You can control it right down to the exact minute how long you can be available for at the particular time you can start receiving calls. I know it might sound overwhelming, but it's really not. In fact, make me be your first call on there, even just to ask me, how do I do this? How do I do that? On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere it says home, and then read the article I have posted there under the headline, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away to Learn More About OWL. I've also got links in there for you to download the app for free from either the App Store or Google Play, Plus, you will see my invitation code, which is a required field as you're setting up the app on your phone. Get on OWL and start on your way to making great new connections for your career. Zizi, in there, I was mentioning that people can get merch from your official website. On top of everything else that you're doing, I read that you are even hand-making versions of your signature fedoras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, I've been wearing a fedora for a very long time. When I was a kid, I started wearing it because I would get really nervous on stage and it kind of became my cape, hmm. you know, like a superhero to try to kind of like be stronger than I felt and be more like the blues artist that I grew up listening to. So that's kind of where the that, the meaning of me wearing a hat is, you know, kind of rooted. 
And then as far as making my own hats, um, I'm just very particular about the shape that I want to wear and what, and I love the freedom to create. And I, I love being artistic and um, creative. And so I learned how to make them and uh, I make the kind that I like and the shape that I like. And yeah, I also uh, sell them on my website and that show. That's so cool. That's so cool. And then that way you can feel good about them instead of getting them from a third party vendor and going, yeah, they're they're okay. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean they're okay? You know, it's got to be better than okay. So yeah. I love that you're adding that personal touch to it. And I'm sure it means a lot more to the fans that they're buying something that they know came directly from you. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky because it's more expensive that way. Like when I make them, like it's actually pretty expensive to like make a hat. Um, but like you said, it's like, or you could just buy them in bulk from like China and sell them to people, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's just, it really, you're, it loses some sort of magic in a way, you know, it's, it's a lot more personal to like wear a hat that, you know, that I sewed with my own hands, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's very special. Yeah. I know there will be lots of ZZ Ward fans who come to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, and thank you all for that, by the way. And I hope you'll check out some other episodes of my show, perhaps the Milestone 500th episode from four weeks ago with five-time Grammy nominee Kenny Wayne Shepard. Anyhow, ZZ, since I've been fortunate to get listeners over the years from 162 countries around the world, and there could be folks out there who are just being introduced to you for the first time, I'd love to hear the backstory about your humble beginnings from singing blues inspired by your father's records to hustling in your hometown and eventually signing with Hollywood records. Yeah. Um, my dad got me into music at a young age. He was, even when I was a little kid, he had a studio in the house in Pennsylvania when I lived in PA before we moved to Oregon. He always loved music. He was singing, he was playing piano. When we moved to Oregon, he got really into the blues. And so he'd listen to like Muddy Waters, Big Mama Thornton, Etta James, a lot of rock and roll too, like Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones. Um, and so I was already introduced to music that was much more mature than what anyone was listening to at my age. And he joined a blues band and encouraged me to sing a couple of songs. And that really pushed me to kind of like go toward what was scary, you know? Um, and just get up there and share the joy of music with people and and make it fun. Um, and so I've been singing since I was a little kid, and I have a big background in the blues. I also really liked hip-hop music growing up. I would take my brother's CDs, Nas, Jay-Z, and really kind of, like, love the lyrics on those. And so, I mean, I'm trying to, like, you know, put some staples in this and shorten it, abbreviate <laughs> it. But um, I would then, I started playing out of my own. I started writing my own songs, learned how to play guitar for a few years. And I would just play any place that I could. I would also do hip hop shows, opening up for local rap artists. In Oregon. In Oregon, about an hour and a half away from my small town in the city of Eugene, there was like a, a movement, a hip-hop movement going on of local hip-hop artists. And I was like, I can sing, I can sing, like, let me sing. And then finally I was, you know, persistent enough that, that they let me sing with them. And um, and then I was kind of part of that movement with them, and we would play everywhere we could, open for Mike Jones and 
naughty by nature when they come through hmm. bone thugs when they come through wow. and then it, they kind of i i kind of like you know was like what do i do next hmm. and it seemed like the thing to do was to go where i had some family which was my brother charlie was living down in la um and he was working in the film industry and uh he had just broken up with his girlfriend, so there was a spot on the couch for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I moved down here. I was terrified. I mean, I was in a relationship at the time. It was like six years, like a six-year-long relationship with my mm. hometown boyfriend. I moved down, and uh, it was I did a, like a month at a time. You know, just told myself I'm staying for a month. Started booking shows everywhere that I could. And it ended up staying a lot longer than a month, and I broke up with that guy, <laughs> and um, <laughs> more stuff to write about. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, there was just kind of like a buzz when I started playing music out, and mm. um, I ended up signing with Hollywood Records. And then from there, I put out till the Casket Drops, which is my first album, and started touring nationally. Outstanding. So, Outstanding. And so that's yeah. a good jumping off point, because since I had just mentioned Kenny Wayne Shepherd, I would love to ask you a question very similar to something I posed to him on this show four weeks ago. I mentioned back in the intro that you broke into Billboard's Top 40 with your debut release and then hit number one on the Billboard Blues chart with your sophomore album. What did that look like mentally for you in terms of obviously being excited but also having to come down from it enough to realize, okay, this doesn't guarantee me that every subsequent release is going to be a hit and land me on the charts, which, by the way, has to be a tough roller coaster ride. It is. I think that, I don't know, I'm just very, like, a natural, maybe I'm I'm just I'm very into, like, things that are real and things that are tangible and things that you can control and things that you can't control. One thing I cannot control is charting or something mm. being like a commercial a commercial success and especially being an independent artist because now you're up against labels and you're up against other artists that are competing with you for spots on those charts that have a lot more money than you do. So, and I hate to say it, but a lot of stuff comes down to money. So, <laughs> so I, so the, the way that I look at things now is like, am I, putting music out am i am i creating moments and emotions that are connecting with people around the world yes okay box checked i feel like i'm winning already am i going out there am i performing getting to do what i love all over the country and and getting new people to follow my music yes box checked so there are like things that like for me i feel like i'm winning and and like to have a number one Billboard Blues album is amazing. I love this. Those there's a beautiful beautiful moments when you have those moments where you hear that news and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible and overwhelming. And like, I'm sure there will be more of those moments, but it's very dangerous to hang on to those moments for an artist because any artist throughout history that has longevity has ups and downs. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So you got to be really careful. I think that you're focused on the right things and and not the things you can't control. Yeah. Yeah, I love everything you said, and I want to pick out the part where you said, am I getting to go all over the country and play shows for people everywhere? Yes. So in terms of all the live dates, you did 15 shows in 22 days in September. Next month, 
You've got 13 shows in the first 18 days of November. Are you booking these all yourself or do you have a booking agent? And for that matter, is this about the pace you want? Is it too much? And clearly now being pregnant with baby number two will be a factor at some point. But what does everything that I'm talking about look like? Um, I have a booking agent, which was your first question. Mm -hmm. I do not book those shows. Thank God, because that would, <laughs> that, would be, that would be a lot. That would be a lot of work. So parts of my team stayed the same. Um, I still have management. I still have a booking agent. I'm just not with a label. So um, you know that part of it is 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 different. And I know that's confusing for some people probably listening. But um, and then as far as like the pace of things, like I I love it. Like I you know I've I've played shows for. On tour nationally, internationally for the last 10 years. So, like, I've kind of been through the gauntlet. I mean, I remember the first time we went through, to South by Southwest, like, we played, like, 20 shows in, like, four days. Like, mm. it was, like, an insanity. I've done some very, very crazy, crazy things and played, it like, a show at midnight and another show at 6 a.m. Like, oh. we've done some nuts stuff. Like, <laughs> this is, like... This is definitely manageable where I'm at right now. And, um, you know, I think the trick is now being a mother and um, having a child, uh, I, I have to have help. So luckily my parents have been helping me out um, and watching my my son for me and, and coming out on tour with me. So that's, I mean, I couldn't do it if it wasn't for that. Um I really couldn't. They say it takes a village and it, and it really does. So that's that's a huge a huge factor in, in all of it because again, like it's, it's important for me to be around my, my children and, and be part of their lives. So I've been bringing my son with me to these dates. So, uh, as long as I have somebody helping me and then like I could, I could play all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. and let's face it. The reality of the business is the new album came out. You need to go out in support of that on tour. And so mm -hmm. yeah, 15 mm -hmm. shows in 22 days or 13 in the first 18 days in November, that's going to happen when you're promoting a new album. Mm -hmm. And because you do have the support that you do that you just described, you can maintain it. Obviously it'll slow down by the time it's ready for baby number two, but that'll be about the time that you maybe would have slowed down anyways, because the album will have been out for six months by that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to take a little break when the next one's born, but uh, I will say that I've, I'm almost done with my next album already, so wow. um, I've got plans. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mentioned in the intro that you had a song placed in the Pixar feature film Cars 3. First of all, how did you get that placement? But secondly, at a time when so, so, so many artists are jockeying to get sync placement, is that something you've got high on a priority list, or is it a case of, Man, there's just not enough hours in a day. If a music supervisor finds something of mine that they want to use, great. They can get in touch, but I just don't have the bandwidth right now to be chasing down those opportunities, especially in light of promoting the new album and doing all these live shows. I mean, it's tricky. I've had a lot I've had a lot of luck at sync. I've had like three hundred and seventy syncs or something crazy mm. like that with like wow. my music my music over the years. So I've I've had a lot of success with that, and they've also had a lot of a lot of followers through some of the things like having songs in Where the Millers or um, Pretty Little Liars. I mean, I I and I'm just naming like two, but um, so I, I've I've been really fortunate. I mean, I just had a song on like Love Island, which is another show. 
Um, so yeah, I've been really fortunate with that stuff and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't see the inside of like what that sync world really, really looks like, but I know I, mm. it's really fun when you get those placements. And what was the first question you asked? You asked something other yeah, than how, about the sync. How you had gotten the the placement in Cars 3, because obviously that's a huge okay. one. I mean, folks will see on Spotify. I mean, that one has streams for days, <laughs> as the saying goes. I know, it really does. Yeah. Um, so that was actually brought to me as an opportunity to potentially write a song for the Cars 3 movie. Uh, I was like, of course, like, I'd love to try this. Hmm. I don't usually write a lot for TV and film. Um, usually the way that it's been is I, they will sing music after I've already created it. Mm-hmm. So this was something I was like, okay, well, I'm going to definitely take a swing at this. Um, this is definitely a big opportunity for me. So I wrote a song with, uh, with Evan um, my husband and um, collaborator, and uh, they didn't like the first song we wrote. And then um, we tried to write another one. And we were in the studio like all day. We like rented a studio. We were trying to write it all day. We were just not having any luck. And we were driving home, and Evan like started singing like some of the song. And then I like went to the next part. And I was like, yeah, they could be like this. And like, we literally wrote the whole song on the car ride home. <laughs> and, um, and that was it. I mean, we sent it to them and they, I did like, I, I threw some guitar on it in my home studio and we sent it to them and they loved it. Mm, so so cool. I went in with Dave Bassett and we produced it. And yeah, so it was awesome. So cool. We're going to close today with another song from ZZ's new album, Dirty Shine, a song called On One. ZZ, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience first all about this one, if you would, please. Absolutely. Uh, On One is this empowering song that I wrote after I became an independent artist and a new mother. And it was just kind of like me feeling really, really strong that, you know, I didn't want anybody to doubt me. It was like, this is a new chapter in my life and I'm stronger and more vibrant than ever before. So that's kind of what the vibe is behind it. Awesome. Awesome. ZZ, congratulations on the new album. Congratulations on baby number two. Thank you. And thank you so much for making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you. It was lovely. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. With that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, video director, and record label owner ZZ Ward. Do visit her official website at zzward.com. As I mentioned before, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Today you heard all about her new album, Dirty Shine. Get it now from Apple Music or other online digital music retailers. Look for the merch, including the handmade signature fedoras you heard her talk about on zzward.com, as well as her tour dates. As I mentioned during the intro, she is currently on the road. Shows in November from Arizona to Colorado to Utah to Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and California. Use the logos, the links on zzward.com to follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, as well as to subscribe to her YouTube channel. For that matter, let ZZ know that you heard her and her music and now hear this entertainment. You also heard about her Discord. Look for her on there and engage with her further through that means. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with ZZ and I, 
And I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, more than nine and a half years without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net, and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you'll see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 504. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from ZZ Ward. This is the one she just talked about. It's called On One. I got a good